Hello, good evening. Welcome to another edition of the Cantina MX podcast. My name is John Chigoop. Glad to have you with us this evening as we are live on our YouTube. And of course, glad to have you listening to us if you subscribe to our podcast on on the, on the variety of places where you can listen to our podcast. We appreciate you subscribing and downloading to this particular show. Got a lot to get to tonight. Uh, joining me, as always, is uh, Joel Aceves in uh, Irvine, California. I am on the banks of Lake Travis in Lago Vista, Texas. And uh, let's get right to it, Joel. Joel, we just saw Copa America, a game that I'm sure every Brazilian, after the last two editions of the Copa, seeing Brazil go to penalties in the quarterfinals against Paraguay and having both of those not work out in their favor. Happens again tonight, Juan. Listen, the Brazil's at home. They haven't, frankly, won, won much of anything over the past uh, 10 years or so. They're, they're, they're you know, for, for, for Brazil, they're kind of in a dry spell. And they go to penalties again tonight against, against, against Paraguay, against San Miro. The, 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 just, the, the most stoic, pragmatic teams in, in, in South America have been for years. Joel, what happened tonight? First of all, thank you for joining us. What Always happened? a pleasure, Jan. What, 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 is, what, is, what has been happening in Brazil leading up to this moment? Oh, man. I just know there's been – the pressure has been mounting on the team to, to do well. Um, when Tite first took over – you know, in the build-up to the Russia World Cup, he could do no wrong. Now he's now he seems to have lost lost half of the the Brazilian fan base. You know, they want they want basically they want him to win the cup. You know, right. anything anything other than that is going to be seen as a fracaso. And obviously, what happened in um. When they hosted the World Cup, still weighing heavily on them, you know. Even Copa America might not be to that scale, but they're trying to reassert that dominance. Sure. Uh, and and Paraguay, man, no no surprises there, man. They always been defensively a very solid, a very solid side, which was why Mexico's win under Hugo and Paraguay under Tata. <laughs> was pretty monumental because Mexico took him to the cleaners. Um, yeah. They did it that way. Well, I, I think that, you know, at least in that particular game, I think, I think that, that severely underestimated Mexico's abilities uh, as far as the tactical move that he made that it just ended up just completely in Mexico. You know, had the good sense to actually score the goals because Mexico's played like that many times and they don't score goals and they lose one nothing. So, you know, you know they, they started getting the goals and they kind of Snowballed and it worked out for them uh, on a six-year win. Yeah, but you're right though. I mean, so you know, you know, you know, Paraguay and over the last two Copa Americas themselves, I mean, they they've knocked off Brazil. Uh, they made it to the final yeah. 2011, uh, losing to Uruguay uh, there in Argentina, <clears throat> and then the last Copa America down in Chile, uh, they again meet Brazil in the quarterfinals, and again they 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 knock them off in penalties. So it happens again. So the stage is set, Joel, and uh, the, the captain, the Paraguayan captain, comes out. To take the first penalty kick, to set to set the tone for the entire for the entirety of 
of, of what we're going to see over the next few minutes. Y la falló. La falló Joel. The, the, el capitán paraguayo. El capitán guaraní. Missed it. So uh, Brazil makes their next three. Paraguay makes their next three. Firmino comes up. So Firmino can, 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 can put the... Wait, 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 John, before we, we can move on to Firmino. Um, just an important, an important stat and fun fact. We like doing this in the container. We, what was we up love for a fun our, fact? We love our Snapple fun facts or our container fun facts. Usually the team, the team that goes first, uh, you know, especially if you score, you, your, uh, the odds, you have greater odds of winning the penalty shootout. Right. So, so you have to go first and you have to score. And then that, that just puts the pressure on the other team. More now, pressure. One thing that, that I thought was going to happen, uh, and I thought it was going to start, uh, Actually, it may start at the next Euro. Was that the uh, the order of the kicks? Was, it wasn't going to be like alternate. It was going to be a snake. So it was going to be like you know, in the first round, one one goes, then two goes. But in the second oh. round, two goes, then one goes. So so then the and then then one and two. So it uh, it makes things a little more interesting. Yeah, it and, would definitely change stuff, shake things up a bit. Yeah. Because we've already seen uh, VAR shake things up uh, uh, dramatically. It happened again uh, tonight in, in the Brazil match. Obviously, we've seen what's happened in the, in the Women's World Cup as well. Okay, so so Firmino steps up. So he's he's the fourth kicker. Yes. So so he can you, you know you know put just bad, huge amounts of pressure on Paraguay. Not that they already weren't under anyway, and then he misses. So now they're back to even. And uh, the, the 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 Paraguayan player comes up and he misses. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to have it saved. Yeah, and he had already, he had already he did a feint and a sent. Um, yeah, he'd be he'd Alisson beaten, Alisson, he'd wrong... beaten Alisson. He'd beaten Alisson. Yeah, right. he, he managed to get her to dive the wrong way, and then the shot was just off. <laughs> and then, and then uh, Jesus, Jesus with the save. Little baby Jesus uh, came came to yeah. to Brazil's rescue. Yeah, Gabriel Jesus. Who uh, of course Neymar's not around, so he's uh, he's one of the players that is that needs to like step up and uh, be one of the figuras. But uh, yeah, uh, we were talking about about the Copa America before the podcast, John, and uh, I have to agree with what you said. Even if it was an under twenty three side, Mexico should have had some presence. But we know it's not about about if it's the B side or the under twenty three side. It's, I, I, I will it's be about honest. TV. Sure, sure. I, I will be honest with you. Uh, I would, because of the fact that I, that I understand and uh, with the way that Mexico, you know, where their players play now, there's no. I mean, when they played in Liga MX, they could have, they could play both tournaments without any problem, and they and they did, because you know, out of their twenty three players. You know, you know, eighteen of them were going to come from Liga Mekis, nineteen to twenty. So, so, so they could, you know, Liga Mekis was always going to let them, you know, let, let them play both. You know, Raúl Jiménez, I think, was the last player uh, when they had uh, two tournaments in the summer. He played them both uh, in, in twenty thirteen. He played the Confed Cup and then he played the uh, 
And then he played the uh, the Copa America back in 2013. So, I mean, to me, I, I'm okay with sending the U-turn. I, I was so excited about that uh, in, in 2011 when they had Marco Fabian and Jonathan and all those guys, you know, before what happened to them in Ecuador. And then right before uh, the uh, the last uh, their last tune-up game, they won in Ecuador 2-0. They beat Ecuador in, in Quito. You know, isn't that yeah. what we always wanted? And it happened on the same day as Mexico beating the U.S. in the uh, in the Gold Cup final. So it was like it's like it didn't make you know. Yeah, and 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 beating beating Ecuador in Quito is no easy task. No, they have that high altitude where even even the grandes, uh, the Brazil yeah, yeah, and the, Argentina, you know, playing, would suffer in, to go up there. For Mexico, playing in Quito is like playing in in Acapulco. <laughs> no big deal, you know. I, I remember in Guadalajara, honestly. I remember a South American team. It could have been River Plate, where they had the team doctor had made a concoction right. to help the players counter the effects of the altitude, and it included taking the Viagra. <laughs> I don't know what else. Probably with a seven up. Well, you know, and, it definitely makes, some, pico, makes the blood. Makes the blood. <laughs> yeah. But I, I still remember that. Uh, but yeah, not not for the Mexican players don't need that. Well, Mex- league I Mex- Mexican players don't need that, right. especially so, those those based in uh, Mexico City. So it ends up being a, Japan and and and, and Qatar that they're playing this, and and both teams, despite the fact that they didn't advance in the quarterfinals, I, I thought I thought both teams com- absolutely one hundred percent completed their objectives. Yeah. You know, you know, Qatar said. You know we're we're getting ready to host this thing, maybe, and uh, and we but and you know so they've already they've already they'd be there the Asian champs so they would be if they were playing the Confed Cup they would be in the Confed Cup, Qatar because they won a, they won the Asian championship, and uh, they played you know they were they were in a group with uh, who was it it was it was Argentina and Colombia and uh, help me out who was the other team, um, damn. Was it Paraguay? It may have been. It may have been. I think it was. I think you're right. I think it was. And and they they held their own very well. Very well. I mean, the, the, you know, those are three teams that kind of they, they kind of played you know three very different styles. And and Qatar did, did pretty well. You know, against Paraguay, I think they should have won. They, they had a couple of chances to win the game. And you know, against uh, you know they gave Argentina a, a pretty tough game, and they gave uh, Colombia a, a pretty tough game too. So they. I, you know, for for Qatar, you 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 can't consider anything other than a, that, that being a massive success for them, and 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 I mean that with all due respect. I mean that you know that shows hey that you know we we can hang with these you know we we get these guys on our home turf and I like our chances. You can't you can't ask for anything better than that. For, for, exactly for playing the tournament, and and Japan sends a U twenty three. Japan, I'm telling you, Joel, I see Japan and Mexico as as, as very similar. As far as their their leagues and, and and the type of players that they have, and they both have been coached by El Vasco. Exactly, and and <laughs> and uh, so I, I do think that they they have some very they're, they're very similar in, 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 in their style of play, and in how they 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 developed over the past. Uh, you, know, you know, Japan maybe more more of a late bloomer, but you know they're they're, they're Japan should have beaten Belgium Hoyle in, in in the uh, in, in Russia. It should have been them playing Brazil, and how great a game would that have been? <laughs> because Japan wow. was was the team that played played yeah. the prettiest soccer. They played the prettiest soccer in in Russia. I thought Japan did. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's been a country that's been investing heavily uh, with not just with the J League, 
but also bringing in a lot of yeah. former players and, and coaches and whatnot to try to help and right. and improve. But yeah, their youth teams have been doing well, right? And that they're twenty three at the at the Copa America is testament to that. Right. Well, they're hosting the Olympics, so that was their Olymp. That's going to be the the the, the asset for their Olympic team. That they and it's going to be a. They sh- they're going to be, you know, they should be one of the candidates for and, the. Wait, 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 wait. Well, yeah. Now you mentioned the Olympics because you said Brazil had not won anything. Oh, they did. Uh, you're right. They did win the gold medal Olympics. I feel yeah, like. but that's a youth. Yeah, tournament. that's a youth tournament. They're not. I mean, it's it was important for them because that was the only. The only trophy missing from their cabinet. It, it was their white whale. Yeah. And Mexico had taken that away That's from right. them. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, they were missing that. It was this big, glaring omission. And they That's finally right. got it. But other than that, um, other than, like, collecting all their badges, yeah, it's not going to mean that much to them as it is for the senior team. To yes, have- Here's the graphic right here on on on, on Telemundo's Brasil no llega a una final desde el 2007. So uh, there you have it, uh, you know, and that was after winning Copa América what like three or four times in a row, Brazil. So this is that's uh, right. They were quite dominant. They managed to beat Wabielsa's Argentina. And, and 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 more more impressively, Joel, they beat La Volpe's Mexico. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. We were well. We well that team was severely lacking in firepower. Um, yeah. You know, they asked they asked uh, La Volpe after the game. You know, what 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 his thoughts were. Yo siempre digo que el fútbol algunas veces, en mi punto de vista, es como un ajedrez. So you know, I guess he ended up losing the uh, the chess match that that night. That was uh, that. That honestly, to me, was the beginning of the end for the for for. Uh, I know that they had a good Confed Cup, but you can't lose a you can't lose a, a, a knockout game like that. The way they did. But let's let's not let's not go down that path, Hoyt. Well, well, I mean, that cup that cup did have did have one positive, which was uh, Mexico's first official win over Argentina. That is true. With, so, with, so Mexico can never beat Argentina in an official match. And 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 Joel, if I if I am not mistaken, I think I could I could I could I could uh, for if people don't know what happened in that game, I could foreshadow what happened in that game just just by doing this. <laughs> would that be correct? Oh, would that be correct? Yes. Yes. Because people remember Ramoncito's uh, goal against Brazil in the Copa America, which, uh, you know, it was, had it not been for the Neti goal, would have been just this, you know, unbelievable goal uh, that he scored. But the goal he scored against Argentina, I mean, it it really, (laughs) I mean, it really is. uh, What a great player. What a great player. Uh, Not to, not to uh, get off topic, but he did, he was, he did, Went and visited the, the team about a day or two days ago, and rumors started flying that he was going to be the new GM. But he was just there to—he was just there to lively in the mood, to give a speech, you know, to try to inspire the boys. But no, he's not—he's not, he's not going to be taking up any 
Any roles? I would have loved to have seen Ramosito play for like a, like a Valencia or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. And he, he, he could have he could have easily. There's no question. You know, people just didn't you know like his size. But I mean, again, there's been so many little guys in soccer that you know Messi. Messi's what five six, five seven. He's not that big. Yeah. So. And neither were the the your two favorite midfielders, John. That's right. That's right. Xavi and Iniesta were both under five feet. They were they were four. Yeah. And yeah. They were both very small. They were both very small. Anyway, all right. So so Brazil ends up getting the penalty. Uh, Gabriel Jesus scores, and um, they are advancing uh, in the semifinal in their own tournament. In Japan, Hoel and the Cincinnati U23, they they started off poorly. That they, they had a they had a bad loss. But they went from, you know, the Menos Amas, which is, again, you, you couldn't ask. They ended up not qualifying. But, you know, they gave, uh, in the third match, they gave Uruguay a, a rough one. I mean, they went up. I think they went up 2-0. They, they ended up. They ended up uh, yeah. And, and Uruguay is one of the candidates to win this. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think, and I think they, they tied they, their, their second. So they, I think they, went, they went lost, tie, and then tie. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're, I think they had like a 4-0 loss or something. So it ended up... Uh, yeah. Yeah, and it goes to what you say about about these teams that that uh, you know, even when they have bad matches, they find a way to win. Right. And that's yeah, that just shows uh, la pasta they call it, pasta right. de campeón. I had uh, pasta de farfali uh, about about a week ago. It was uh, it was very good. Uh, do a little uh, beef and pork in the in, in the gravy hoyle. Oh damn. I highly, I highly recommend it. So, uh, so, so the point is, Joel, though, is, is it if if, if Qatar can send a, a you know their team in Japan since U twenty three just to see you know to you know give them the fogel. To me, it was it, it was a no brainer for you know for for Mexico to to, to be a you know I mean I think even Colombo said is is like if you guys want to play, you guys will always be a guest. You know you you know if you want to do it, you're gonna always have a spot. I'm pretty sure that's the. That's the, uh, the, the, the Comnebol policy when it comes to Mexico playing in Copa America. And, and for them not to, I mean, e- even in the last one, uh, when they played, uh, in Chile, when they sent, you know, the, you know, the one, uh, Piojo coached it and, and, and sent an alternate team. What are you doing? You know, if you're going to send an alternate team at the very least, why don't you send all your naturalizados and then, and, and let them represent Mexico in the one place where it would just, where, where they would be like swell the most with pride is to play, is to play in, 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 in South America. I would have loved that, honestly. I think that would have been great if it's a team of nothing but <laughs> in the Copa America, you know, like Chaco and, you know, La Chinandina, all, all those guys. Just put them, put them together on one team say, let's, you know, go see what you can do. No, and, and you know, for them, it means that much more. Yeah, exactly. You know? So you uh, either do that or, or send the U23, but, but don't just send a bunch of randos that are never, I mean, <laughs> seriously. Well, I mean, I mean, I, we know why they send the randoms. You have to promote some of the Liga MX players, and Monterrey could be like, "Look, we have this guy, and uh, we need to give him a push, put him in the selection." You know, right? And that, and that's why you and that's that's one of the reasons why when uh, Tuca was doing the interim coaching, this this you know, a few months back, big reason why we saw Pulido, you know, Pulido didn't deserve to get a call up; he hadn't done anything, right? Uh, and uh, but but Chivas could be like you know we need we we need this guy you know to to try to sell some tickets man we need to we need to sell his image to the fans that he's he's at least a seleccionado 
and that's that's a big reason. But but no, I agree with you. Some of these naturalizados, man, to them it would be like it would just mean so much because they're not only are they trying to prove themselves right. to the to their host country, um, but they want to like also show up, you know, and be like, look what you missed out on, type of thing. And we did see uh, also Polar because he was one of the players called up by Piojo, and he he was playing his heart out, even though he was already past his prime. But he, he even got to score like what was it, two or three goals? Uh, you talking about Vosso? Yes, El Oso yeah, he, Polar. Yeah, he, yeah, he uh, he scored two goals in the Chile game, like that Chile game where they tied three three in Chile against Chile in the Copa America, tied three three. Yeah, I was upset. scored in that game too. I was upset. I don't know if it was Univision or Telemundo that was broadcasting, but they missed out on the on the on it's also polar dance, you know. Oh yeah, well that's yeah that was. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's the world feed. I mean, don't think that 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 you have the, their own cameras there. So yeah, they probably didn't know. They probably because they didn't know who he was. You know. I know that was what his his big thing was his little dance. Yeah, and uh, you know he honestly, uh, and you know for people that uh, love to complain about uh, naturalizados, his goal kept Mexico alive uh, for South Africa. If they don't score that goal, they don't make it even to the hex. So Matias Woso is the the unsung hero of the 2010 World Cup World Cup campaign for Mexico. All right, so we have Copa America. Uh, they have a couple, they have another semi-final uh, tomorrow. I believe it's Argentina, Venezuela, and then they have two more on uh, on Saturday. Uh, Uruguay plays Peru, and uh, it'll be Colombia against. Oh, we have we have a guest. <laughs> it'll, be Col- it'll be Colombia against. Uh, who's the other? Who's the other team? Chile. Chile, thank you. Rigo Yala joins us now. Rigo, we were uh, we were we were reminiscing just a little while ago, talking about uh, the the 2004 Copa America. There were Mexico uh, ended very badly, but but started very well. And 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 if you remember, Rigo, I think that if I just played this, you would. I think you remember what happened. Who's that? Was that the the free kick from yes. Ramosito? Yes. Yes, it was. When they beat Brazil? No, no, when they beat Argentina. In in the opening match? In 2004, yeah. I don't... I me acuerdo muy bien. 2004 was, a, was in college. It was a, it was a rough time. <laughs> rough, to, rough to keep up with, uh, with, with current... It, yeah. Everything was hazy. Yeah. Too much drink and smoke. You know, honestly, I think I don't think it was the first. Or I think it was their second game because I think they played Uruguay first. But uh, no, it was it was it was. I mean, it was from what like thirty five yards out, Hoyt. Yeah, they played Uruguay first in time two two. Yeah, I don't remember the length. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was it was it was it was it was a bomb, and they, it was the first the first time they've ever beaten Argentina in a in any tournament. But just with their luck, they get Brazil in the next round. <laughs> Right. They, Mexico has the worst luck whenever they finish first in groups. Yeah, the the, the are not uh, are not the kindest. Uh, 
So, Rigo, you uh, you, uh, you you have a little uh, a Paraguayan connection. Were you, were you watching uh, to, to for Paraguay to win or to lose? To win. To win. First of all, of all the South American teams, I hate Brazil the most. I don't know why. I just hate them. So, I was, I mean, and then my, my daughter's half Paraguayan. So, right. Uh, we were watching the game. And, I mean, I thought Paraguay, that's what I figured they were going to do. They were going to bunker down and... and it's who you know, they are. It's what they do. Yeah, and uh, see if they could catch, you know, lightning in a bottle with, with on a counterattack. But um, I thought I thought they 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 played their game and luck was on their side as well as well as the VAR, and they almost had it. You know, I got to tell you, it is it is spooky, spooky, spooky how well Chiki Marco predicts what's going to happen by looking at the video. Yeah, he's good. I mean, the dude gets it right. Every time. The only one he didn't get right was when it, he thought it was going to be a red card on Arthur. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. You, you, but, I mean, that was never going to be a red card, but but you're right. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I'm surprised he even called that foul. Because they were both kind of just running and, you know, their arms were flapping. Right. And, and It was an inadvertent smack in the face. Yeah. But uh, it was a good game. It was a good game. Yeah, it was very entertaining. Uh, uh, I mean, Paraguay was hanging on for dear life, but then they, when they got a chance to slap back, they slapped back really hard. And I uh, thought, I, I mean, when when Firmino missed his penalty kick, I was like, wow, they they really might win this. Because I mean, right, uh, Gonzalez, what was his name? Delmar Gonzalez, the guy who, who the last guy who featured Paraguay, he he played one, he played a really great game. He was like their lone striker. Um, I I couldn't believe he missed. Have you have you ever have you ever uh, thought how incredibly lucky and or, and slash or convenient it is for you personally, Rigo, that that that, that Paraguay wears the exact same uniform as Chivas. As Chivas, yes, <laughs> yes. So I can just go to my I can just go to Paraguay viewings in my Chivas jersey. And That's right. None would be the wiser. And you, and, and if you become a, an Atletico fan in, in, in Madrid, you can do the same thing. Just walk in. Yeah. Nobody would know the difference. Yeah. It, so they do get a, they do get a cheache. You don't have to spend extra money on it. And that becomes official, I think, next week, if I'm not mistaken. I, that's, is that, is, is it just me or is that the longest signing ever? Is well, it maybe, I, I, is I, it, I is think the transfer window not open? No. I think he has to wait for his contract to run out. And I think it oh, officially he's, runs he's out. He's going on three. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, he's been at, at Porto forever. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think that that's the, the, that's the, 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 the typical uh, Porto business model that, to let a guy like that go on a free, on a, on a freebie. That's like the couple that breaks up, but, but they have a lease in an apartment. So they still have to live together for, until the lease runs out. It's all awkward now. Have you guys seen that uh, Marseille is uh, looking at Rodolfo Pizarro? I would be totally down with that. Are they playing the Champions League? Uh, I'm not sure. Because, you know, if I'm not mistaken, isn't Marseille the only French team to ever won the Champions League? I believe you are correct, sir. No, well, the the I mean the Champions Cup, however, was like when it first started was was won by a French team. 
because I was like that that team and, and Real Madrid like like they both won like the first five of each or whatever you did. Yeah, they were the only ones taking it serious. It was the it well, was they had the, a really great team because they had the uh, remember the the guy who scored the most goals ever in a World Cup was French, Just Just Fontaine, and I believe he was on that team. So they had they had some firepower. I don't think. Oh, who's cracking open a cold one? That's me right here. Oh. You need to. You're expecting the class <laughs> to shatter. This oh, is yes, I was like, who invited Stone Cold? This is the uh, Cantina Mexico. Uh, it is. It is customary to. That's right. To uh, you know. Because you know, by the end of it, we're just so screaming drunk that uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, it, gets, it gets very. Cool. It gets well, very that was the early Cantineros. We used to do like three, four hour long podcasts. Oof. And yeah, I would be like, like the Jazz Odyssey, just, uh, Spinal Tap. Always threatened to do in the in this Spinal Tap. So Rigo, so so Paraguay ends up ends up losing. So does that mean that now you can focus your your one hundred percent of your of your attention on 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 the on the upcoming surprising, uh, very surprising opponent of Costa Rica for Mexico in uh, on Saturday in Houston? Which, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Houston has been the site. Where Mexico has eliminated Costa Rica, the last two times uh, they've played in the Gold Cup. I mean, it's 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 the it's the match to watch on Saturday, I guess. Because I mean, isn't there? Uh... Oh, Uruguay, Peru, I think plays on. Saturday yeah, Uruguay, well. Peru, and the Chile. Uh... No, Chile, Colombia is tomorrow. No, tomorrow it's Venezuela. Argentina. Argentina early yeah. and then Chile Colombia. Oh, they have two. Oh, so, so two are tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought I thought the two were on. Why? Why would? Why would? Why, you know, call me crazy, but why on earth would you want to put two on on, on a day one? On a Friday. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oof. That. Uh, um, well, see, they didn't want to compete with the Mexico Costa Rica. Yeah. So more than likely. Yeah, yeah. More than likely, they want to compete with Mexico. Right. Yeah. So Mexico, instead of playing IT, which I think everybody. It was was almost uh, surprise going to happen. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's going to be Costa Rica. Now, Fran, I mean, uh, not that I'm saying that IT would have been easy because obviously, you know, if if IT can handle Costa Rica, then they have obviously got something going on. But uh, it uh, it certainly uh, makes things uh, very. I mean, that whole that whole side of the bracket is just fascinating because Canada, you know, the Canada IT game. You know, That's going to be a good team. game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that they, they, these are two teams that. Uh, you know, they, they, they're both, they both have a huge opportunity in that <clears throat> tournament, but moving forward into that, you know, into possibly into the X. Yeah, and high T, going back, maybe you have to go back to probably the 70s. They were, they were one of the stronger Caribbean teams. Can I, can I, can I drop some, some, some knowledge? A huevo. Some, some of those fun facts they were talking about earlier. Uh, in, in, oh. when Mexico missed the World Cup in 74, IT went, cause naturally, Back then, they wouldn't have an hexagonal. They'd have a, like a quadrangular or whatever it was, but they'd do it over like two weeks, and they do it in one. <clears throat> and uh, they did that in, in 74, and they did it in 82. And in 74, it was an ID in Mexico in the World Cup. 82, 82 in Honduras. In 82 in Honduras, and Mexico didn't make the World Cup there. So, yeah, you know, and uh, so it ended up uh, being an ID that goes to Germany, 74. And they scored, they played Italy, and they scored first. So they actually led <laughs> Italy. For like, I think like nine minutes. <laughs> John, I actually saw a clip of when IT eliminated Max, and uh, 
one of the players running around was La Puente. He had that Hulk Hogan haircut, man. <laughs> he didn't have hair. He didn't have yeah. hair back then. Yeah. He didn't have hair back then either. No, no, he did. He had like, like a, like a, like a, like a, like a, like a, a, shoe, like, a like Hogan, just in the back, dude. Yeah. Think of the uh, like the monkeys. You know, yeah, he had one, one of those. Uh, but yeah, like monkeys were going bald. <laughs> yeah, man, this dude. He had blonde hair and he's yeah, running was, around. Uh, wasn't Rafa Puente on that team too? Yeah, a couple of those dudes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was difficult, man. And that team, well, high T is like what to expect. A lot of what you see with Trinidad and Jamaica, they're a very physical team, very strong, uh, you know, difficult to beat in the air, uh, fast. And they usually have one or two guys that could – they could move the ball pretty good. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they've been in the wilderness for a long time. But, uh, you know, in the last, if I'm not mistaken, in the 2015 Gold Cup, they, they actually made it, made it, made a pretty decent run and, and probably should have made the, uh, uh, I forget if they had a chance to make the, the, the semifinals or not, but they had a, they had a really good, a really good string there that I thought they had, you know, they had a really good chance of making the hex, but they ended up. Yeah. In the hex, they drew a really tough group that uh, it just, they just weren't able to get out. You know, if, if this confederation wasn't so corrupt, <laughs> I, I, if, you know, it would give a lot of federations a run for their money. Because um, the teams just look bad because they're, they're um, you know, they don't have that consistency. Right. Well, I think that but, that, uh, you know, that, that was a point that uh, John Arnold was making was, was that because of the fact that you know, you know, the, the Nations League starts from Mexico coming up uh, this fall, like I think in October. But the Nations League for the for the Caribbean nations had, you know, that that started right after the World Cup. So they've actually have had a chance to get together. So like these guys aren't just like getting together and playing. Yeah, they've been. You know, they they have been playing for for a while. So you know that that, that has given them. You know, that has helped them. Well, is that the same as the Copa Uncas? Well, no, no. Well, the, the, they have actually the UNCAF is just the Central American. Uh, it's just Central. I thought they had also Caribbean, but they have, they have the Caribbean Cup, and then and, and that's and that's the one that that Curacao won. Yeah, yeah, because you know Cura- because Curacao has been quite a surprise. <clears throat> yeah, well, for me at least. No, John has been touting them since last year. See, you should have been. Should have been listening to us, uh, Rigo. He, John's been very bullish about them. Well, I just yeah, you know, with uh, the fact that they that they that they be, they became recognized by FIFA, and and you know that they you know they, I think they realized that hey, we have a a pretty decent generation of players that uh, you know we can certainly and you know and and, and this in the Gold Cup region. I mean, they could certainly make a run. But you uh, saw one of their games, John, right, at the previous Gold Cup? Uh, yeah, I did. I, I did. I did see them. And, you know, they just, you know, they, you know, they, they need some work, but I mean, they obviously have the, you know, they have the materia prima, you know, for such a small country, especially. It's uh, it's pretty impressive. And, uh, you know, they have a great goalkeeper. And, you know, frankly, if they didn't have that good goalkeeper, you know, they would have just been blasted. But you know, the, 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 I think that the thing that makes Curacao beatable right now is that is that they can only give you about an hour, like like the last twenty minutes. I mean, they're really just barely hanging on. Gassed. 
<laughs> yeah, just just totally wiped out. So, uh, I mean, Honduras, I mean, they are Honduras, but, but I mean, they should have beaten them 6-7-0. I mean, seriously. They just um, uh, had some chances, but and then but, but what they did is that they, they cashed the chances that they had. So, but uh, but no, but they do have. Uh, I, I think they have they have a real good chance of making. I'm saying to make the World Cup, but I think they'll definitely make the hacks or at least come very close to making it. One of those things where, and by the way, is it just is it just me or is it weird that they haven't had any kind of draw for qualifying for the uh, for the upcoming World Cup? Who hasn't had the drawing? FIFA. To, 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 to draw out the qualifying. Oh, like the, the, the groups and all that stuff? Yeah. I mean, is it normally done three years before? Yeah, because, because you know, well, I mean, South America's different, but then, like, uh, I mean, when Mexico had, when, oh, remember, uh, Biojo uh, does the Gold Cup, gets fired, and then Osorio comes in, and the very first thing he has are, are qualified. They play against Salvador. I mean, like, a, you know, a, a proper one. You know, they, you know, he wasn't playing, uh, you know, the Grenadine Islands. He was playing in Salvador. We just, uh, we just lost Orrigo uh, there. His, yeah, he didn't pay his Metro PCS. Oh, there he is. Oh, there he's back. He's back. He's yeah. back. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So uh, they, uh, I forgot what we were talking about there, but uh, I'm sure the point I was making was very valid. What are you saying about Curacao? How you've been a longtime fan? I have, well, not a longtime fan, but you know, just just just, just since I saw, it, I think that they did, they did, they, they they do have a chance. Oh, to talk about qualifying, yeah, they have not uh, drawn out the qualifying. For the uh, for the upcoming uh, World Cup, I'm sure maybe they're waiting for all these cups to pass by. Pass possibly, possibly, but you know they don't have a logo for the for the tournament either, which I think I find extremely bizarre. I mean, I don't. I feel like they won't take away the cup from uh, Qatar at this point. Well, they've had to they cut their stadiums down from twelve to eight. Not enough uh, refugee work. Being done, I, you know, I guess not. But uh, yeah, it's... you know, I I am surprised that, that that after all like the investigative reporting that's come out about Qatar, that they're doing it there. Like I mean, like HBO has done it. Uh... Well, here's here's my. I mean, you know, how did those you know all the twelve stadiums, whatever, was get built in Russia? You know, how did they get built in in Germany? You know, what you know, what, what were the stories on those? I'm not saying that it was it was the same thing, but you know. But, no, but, but I, the thing I, I feel why Qatar, only Qatar? Qatar also messes the schedule for the for the uh, like all the all the club tournaments and all and all the, all right. the, all the clubs. A, it's just it's just a huge clusterfuck. Yeah. No, you know, but just to add on, on what Rio was saying um, with the Qatar. But it would, they will get workers that will come in from other countries and they will take away your passport. So you couldn't leave if you were like, you know what? I've, I've done, you know, I've worked two months. Oh, yeah. I'm done, yeah. you know. Exactly. You're stuck. They, there's no question You're... they exploited. Their, I mean, that's... Their, their yeah, and, and because of the heat, right. there was record number of people dying. 
And I, for, I forgot the country they were coming from. Like, I, I don't know if it was Pakistan, some some small country around there where they were, you know, they were getting all these workers and they were just dropping like flies. Yeah, it was like a, like a, like a, like a, like a far eastern country. It was something that kind of surprised me. It wasn't like it wasn't anything. It wasn't a neighboring country or, you know, a country that was nearby. It was like a little further up. And... Yeah, man. Even if they paid good, they're like, oh, but we, we keep your passport. I'll be like, no, thanks. No, no, no. But it was, it was, it was, it was, and it continues to be. Uh, I'm not saying that, you know, what happened in, you know, Germany, Russia and the other places, but I'm sure that there was, uh, you know, a certain level of, of some exploitation of the workers on some level. That's all I'm saying. But it is bizarre, though, that they don't have a logo. If they've cut down on the, I just it makes me wonder if if that tournament's going to happen or not. I mean, if it's not happening. They need to get it together because we have three years left. Yeah, well, when they uh, when Colombia backed out of the '86 World Cup, they they, they made the announcement the, the summer of uh, of '83, if I'm not mistaken, is when that announcement was made. So. So are you guys worried about Costa Rica? Or do you just uh, think that Tata Martino's teams will score three goals at least, like every other game? You know, Costa Rica can obviously beat Mexico. Uh, Joel, what do you, what do you think? I, I'm not worried. I agree with you. They, they can beat. They do have the quality to do it. Uh, they're top three in the region. And, and, uh, you know, they showed it for a long time. Any of those three teams, you know, they, they're capable of beating each other. And especially with Mexico not being at its full strength, because I would say Mexico has, you know, fully powered. Their power level is over 9,000. I just don't see anyone beating them. But this Mexico side, it's missing a few players. Uh, so, yeah, it's a bit vulnerable. But I'm not worried. I don't. Matosas doesn't convince me, man. Well, here's the, uh, you know, what I believe. Costa Rica could beat Mexico, but Mexico can absolutely beat Costa Rica. And uh, the last time that uh, a Costa Rican coach was real cocky about how much he knew about the other team, they got whooped four to one, and it was it was, it was was over by halftime. So. Uh, and then La Volpe, too, right? Yeah. <laughs> And he was he was shell shocked because I remember I was at his press conference and he had he the look on his face was like what just happened he had he was and it's funny because Guardado was the one that scored the two big goals I was saying dude you know you're the one that brought this this brought this guy out and and Guardado's back to I was, scoring I was too chicken to ask him the question I'll be honest I was too chicken I didn't you know I wasn't <laughs> what well, did you want to ask him I wanted to ask him and yeah. You know, it's like you were the one that the quote unquote uh, you know discovered Andres Guardado. As you know, said you know if you're if you're on the other side of you know if you're an adversary, you know knowing that fact. I mean, obviously you know he 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 beat you, but is that something that you can celebrate? Say, so look at how well the how well this guy's done. That was that was a question I wanted. You know, on a personal level, you know, do you gain any satisfaction in the fact that that the guy that you discovered just kicked your ass? Was uh, essentially the question I wanted to ask, but I was too chicken. I didn't do it. I don't want him to yell at me. He would have definitely yelled at you. <laughs> well, see that to me, I think that that's a question that you ask 
you know, well, you like, have oh, the relationship. Yeah, exactly. Or, or or a week later when he said, you know, not immediately after the game. So, just think that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you can certainly ask him a little bit, like in the, in the heat of the moment. You know, you ask him, hey, you know, what, what did you think about, you know, what would So, uh, so that's what I mean. I mean, obviously, the, the two are kind of unrelated, but I, I kind of agree with uh, with Coyle there. It's like, you know, you know, Costa Rica doesn't have their, you know, they have a bunch of aging stars as well, and and you know, they have a new generation of guys, and they've struggled. I mean, they they beat the Nikas, but they struggled against Bermuda, and they obviously struggled against Haiti. So, I mean, they they are not, uh, you know, they they're, they're obviously they're better than what, but Mexico, but you know, right now, what put them on par with Canada, I think. Yeah, and we have to see how they're going to react to that defeat. You know, uh, you go from being favorites to win the group to being beaten by a team that you're expected to defeat. So we're going to see how that's going to affect them psychologically. You know, because some of the first were like, if we can beat Haiti, then, you know. How are we going to beat Mexico? Yeah, how are we going to beat Mexico that's, just right now, it's on a. They've been on a roll with, with as Rigo said, three goals per game. At least. Yeah, they've yeah. averaged. Uh, what they've had what seven games now, and I think it's like like twenty four, twenty five goals. Not bad. Not bad for. Uh, for for Tata and the boys. Uh, honestly, I think that the you know for Mexico the the, the wake up call was, was was Martinique, and one of the things that uh, we talked about this uh, Juan and I did it right after the game. Uh, Tata was he was not happy uh, in, in the immediate aftermath of that game. He's like you know we cannot play like that against against the the, the better teams in this tournament and expect to win. So uh, th- that was a really good wake up call for. Uh, for Mexico to have a to have a have a game like that and to have a coach that, you know, is is it going to sugarcoat what uh, what happened like like some coaches have done in the past, where they don't want to make it appear that it's it's not something that you know that, that should be worrisome. It's like, uh, you know, I'm not naming not names. Really. I'm not going to name many names, Coy. Don't worry. Don't worry, Coy. Oh damn. You know, I'm not going to name. <laughs> so. Um, it's gonna. I mean, it, it's gonna. It's it's gonna be a good game, and I think that uh, you know the last couple of knockouts that uh, Mexico's had with uh, with Costa Rica have all been. You know, we had the one game where they had like three or four Costa Rica players red carded that went to extra time. That that was when uh, Jorge Vergara was uh, just hated Hugo. He's like, how on earth can you only beat a team that had seven players one zero? Was 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 his. Uh, was his comment. The last time they played was uh, in 2015, right. quarterfinals. And that was the, the Oriva penalty. They needed to go to extra time. Right. Um, doesn't really give me details in the game. Yeah, and it was the, that was the, one of the ones where Mexico got a late penalty. Oribe Peralta, and they were saying, well, you know, the, the, the Costa, I think it was, uh, what's that guy's name? He has the same name as a former uh, UT uh, player. I always got him confused. Roy Miller, I think. 
knocks down Oribe. If you're saying it's not a penalty, it's not a penalty. The dude put two hands on him and pushed him. You know, <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, if, if, I, if I'm a striker and I'm going up for a ball and someone puts two hands on me, I'm going down too. So, yeah, of course they were going to call that. So he gets a penalty and then they, they score. That was the one where Chicharito and I think uh, Hector Moreno were both injured. And they're walking off, like, looking, you know, just awful. Oh, I can't believe we have to do this. And then, and then they, you know, that happens. And they uh, they get the penalty and they win. Uh, so so that happened. And then uh, in 20... 2009, they went to PKs. Right. And that was when they had the... the I remember Carlos Vela was the one who scored the uh, the fifth one. Because they... Uh, and, and, and Memo Choa, I think, stopped the fourth one. And in 2007, they played... And uh, that was the one where Jared scored an extra time, and and Costa Rica was down to seven dudes. Like by the end of the like, by the end of the game, they were down to seven players. They had so many red cards. And uh, Jorge Vergara, with his venom, his venom toward, with toward Ugo. You know, he got Ugo fired. He, he got Ugo fired and brought and brought. Okay. Sven Goran Eriksson. Yeah. Which I I think it wasn't just him. Well, uh, I, I still don't think Ugo should have been hired. What? I think I think Hugo should have oh. waited his turn. I think La Volpe should have been given continuity after those six. But but La Volpe failed. La Volpe set up his own goals, and he failed to meet them. And one of the first things he said was, um, "If I don't get the bronze medal at the Olympics, I'm going to quit." And that team got eliminated in the group stage. And then it was hush hush. And they had Mali and, uh, and Korea in that group. Mali and Korea. Which Mali and Korea. And then he the Gold Cup that was played outside of Mexico City. Um they the team didn't do good. It looked bad. They lost so, in South Africa and were eliminated by Colombia in the quarter. Yeah. So so I mean he he had set up some goals. The thing the thing with La Volpe is he had some games where the team looked good, but those were like few and and far apart. So the, people remember those epic games. The they remember the match part. against Germany, right. the, the win against Argentina, but they forget a lot of stuff. Uh, uh, sorry, John, I'm going to just finish with this. Uh, I was actually, I got to cover, that was my first tournament I got to do uh, as, a, as a, you know, quotation journal. I got to do the Gold Cup in 03, and uh, dude, those games weren't that good, man. And I know they're on YouTube. You could revisit them. Uh, they had a match against Honduras at Azteca where it was like almost in the 90th minute when Honduras hit the they hit the post, man, uh, and it ended 0-0. But they almost won that game, and and that was that was one of the games. And uh, I think before that was it before that with the uh, Preolimpico. They they didn't win that one either, and it was hosted in in Jalisco, right? Didn't Costa Rica Costa Rica won? So I mean, he had like 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 off the bat because they wanted the team to do good, so the Federación prepared well, so they they managed to get Mex to host the Preolímpico and then to host the Gold Cup. So that first year he looked good, uh, at least because he he won. He he beats Brazil at at the final, but Brazil man. They kind of, they kind of made the bet for Brazil, where they had them, they had them jumping from venue to venue. Uh, I think they had to play the semifinals in Miami, and then fly into Mex City. 
So they, they were just jumping them all over the map. Uh, and that, that just, and you Mex- know, Mexico. Azteca the whole time. Yeah, Mexico State Azteca. So, I mean, just off the bat, you, you have that then. That you have more of the scanso and the advantage. Uh, but, but so, I mean, if, if we look back at the cup, at that Gold Cup, that's the game that stands out. And yeah, they played really good. It seemed look really good. But if you see the whole, the whole, most of the games, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty, man. The, the biggest black mark against La Volpe of, of the, of, of, the, of his, the entirety of his, of his, uh, stay his well, when he was coach the thing that stood out the most and what hung over him every year was that he did not win one knockout game out of Mexico not one yeah he exactly that was that was I would say one of the big uh, if, if you if you're thinking of okay should we sign him back that to me would be would be the one and well to correct John outside of Mexico because he did win it yeah that's I said outside of Mexico Okay, my bad. So yeah, that would be one of the biggest ones, and the the goal, the World Cup game against Angola with a man, dude. Angola's goalkeeper was not even a pro. He played Cascaritas, man. Was named man of the match. I'm not, yeah, I'm not kidding. That guy played Cascaritas. You could, he wasn't even attached to a club, and uh, and they're playing he down a man. Driving, he was driving the bus on the way. Hey, man, you play goalie? You know, I do. I do play goalie. <laughs> He was up instead of the orange cones, and they were down. Some guy didn't show up. Wasn't he the only white guy for Angola? Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was there for diversity quota. His name was um, Fritz. His name was Fritz. <laughs> Fritz. <laughs> oh man. Oh, but but. <laughs> yeah, man. I was at that. I was actually at that game, John, and uh, pretty disappointed. Us. I was expecting uh, the three Gs against that was, Angola. That was the first time uh, I ever heard the puto chant. Oh, was it man. against Angola? Yep. Did wow. that start in Copa Libertadores? No, in uh, Atlas. At the Atlas Stadium. Yeah, Jalisco. The, yeah. Uh, so I, don't, it, I think it, they were doing it, it for like, Liga games. Isn't it just like Atlas to, to start something like that? <laughs> Just like Atlas fans. Were they doing it to Oswaldo? Because I think Oswaldo was at Chivas, and Oswaldo did come out of Atlas. Yes, yeah, so, so Oswaldo came out of Atlas, played for America, and then goes to Chivas. <laughs> did. Yeah, yeah, people are okay with that. Well, you they know, forgot. You know, Oribe comes over from from America, and you and, and you could have sworn that like they, they thought that you know Amaury, you know, took a big dump in your Cheerios. <laughs> it's like, what, what, are, what are you doing to us? No, it would it would be not a Maori. It would be um, uh, Iguera. Oh, I mean, Jose, Jose Luis. That's right. Yeah. I forget that it was that that. Yeah, that he, because a, a Maori wasn't at the presentation. He he did not show up to the when they presented Uribe. He wasn't there. Yeah. Well, we'll get into all that here, here, here in a minute. Though we do need to wrap up on the uh, on the Gold Cup. So uh, so we have Mexico play Costa Rica now. Now Canada plays ID. And uh, uh, Rigo, I would have to say that's probably like like a fifty fifty game. Yeah, I think so. And 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 as you said, as you pointed out, it, it could be it, it could be very entertaining. I think you're right. It is. Uh, I will say this. I think I, I think I think Haiti might take it. Uh, you know what? I I you know I've I've been I've been talking Canada up uh, the whole tournament. So 
it would it would not surprise me at all if they uh you know if if they uh i mean canada what they have is that they have a lot of offense and they kind of struggle on defense but uh i think i think Haiti might pull up i mean is it an upset if Haiti pulls up pulls it out i mean they went they went you know three three wins in the group stage yeah you know that 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 bit that's a good question i mean uh they uh uh, uh, like I said, I, I I don't think if either team wins, it would be an upset over the other. I, just, I think it's, it's a very evenly matched game. Uh, you know, I think Haiti's defense is a little stronger than uh, than Canada's, and you know they both have they got some difference makers, which they haven't. You know, that that's what I've always thought has made uh, you know what has made some Concacaf teams really dangerous. Is when they have uh, you know guys that are can can make a difference not just on this level but on on a lot of levels, and and Canada and and I think both have a couple of players that can do that, and uh, you know Honduras had that with Suazo for you know a better part of you know five six years, and they also had like the Wilson Palacios. I mean Honduras had a very strong team for a long time because they had a, a about three or four guys that could that could Bob play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean Carlos Costly. I mean I know that. You know, he, uh, and for the longest time, we talked about, I call him Carlos Cosley for, I think I even wrote it out when I would write stuff. I don't think I ever corrected myself and not realizing that it was just Carlos. No S. No S. Oh man, that's me. That's the same as well. Another fun fact. That you call them maybe they made a mis- Maybe they made a mistake, you know? Like when they, when they wrote the name. They just forgot. It could be, it could be. But anyway, so it's just. Uh, and Canada has that with uh, with with uh, with Davies and the. Uh, it's really good. And they have the you know the uh, the the Camotero in in, in Cavalini, who got a hat trick. The other day against Cuba. So, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I completed Cuba though. The other side of the bracket doesn't look as, as well, frankly, as, as entertaining. We have uh, Curaçao playing the U.S., which I think, you know, as, good, as much as I like Curaçao, I think it's, it's going to be, you know, I think the U.S. will win, not comfortably, but they'll, they'll probably win about 2-0. And then Jamaica's playing uh, Panama. I mean, I mean, could you, could you, could you think of a more boring CONCACAF game than Jamaica-Panama? That sounds terrible. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, Canada, Haiti would would normally go. Like, who would want to? But they've been playing. They've been playing some. Did some really. They've been playing well. Yeah. yeah. It's it's been exciting to watch. I mean, I thought Canada when we were, when we did our our little uh, podcast during the game in that second half, I thought they had some. That's they, they created some really good chances. Uh, that they were uh, you know just weren't lucky enough to score, but they had they had some good chances. And uh, you know as as. What is, what is the what is the the Tata rule, Joel? If you know, it's it's okay that we didn't score as long as we created enough because then it'll it'll happen. What? I haven't it, heard that from him. Is that one of one of the Tata truisms? That I don't. If, I don't, that it, I don't you, know that one, Yon. Oh come on, Joel! I thought that you were uh, you were of uh, uh, the. You've you've been in Tatarado. I thought that you would you would. Uh, start. I just started following. I, I I remember when he took over Barcelona and. Uh, 
So you haven't, you haven't. When haven't, he was with Argentina, but I never kept tabs on him. You haven't done the deep dive into his. You haven't started vetting him yet. Started, started no, looking. to me, to me, there's a before and after. Okay. Before Max and after Max, and I, I just not that you know. I, I, I forgive him his diving into other places. I. I well, I think that he said know? that uh, when he was with with Atlanta. Uh, he, he said, "Listen, you know, it's." You know, you're not always going to score, but I mean, but you know, it's good that we created the opportunities because you know, then you know, the scoring is going to happen. But you can't score without creating opportunities. And they, they, that used to drive me crazy about the, the that period with Chip. They weren't generating any opportunities to score. I mean, not a one. So I mean, it, it's one thing to you know tie zero zero where you had a bunch of chances and you didn't. I mean, but when you tie zero zero and you don't have one shot on goal, it's terrible. Terrible. So, I think it's uh, a, a good time for us to, to switch gears here and uh, talk a little Chivas because uh, we had we had some big news that right. happened uh, since since well I know that uh, maybe you and uh, Chiki's talked about it a little bit uh, yesterday, uh, which I'm sure you did, but I'm sure yeah. you would not mind talking about it again. No, and and we got Rigo's perspective. You know, I'm hoping I'm hoping that... I'll be honest as you know the producer in me. You know, I might, I might have to play devil's advocate here and <laughs> no, generate a little, a little controversy. But, uh, so, so Jose uh, Figuera was uh, interviewed last week on Football Picante. Says a bunch of stuff. They, they, they said, "Well, wait a second. This is what you said." Uh, Rigo will explain it a little better here in a minute. And then this week, they, 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 they cut him loose. They said, "Hey, he's no longer with, with the organization." Yeah. Well, you know what, Patterson was like, "Why don't you put your job on the line?" And he's. <laughs> You know, he said, I'm not going to do that. He should have said, you know what? He should have done a bet with Patterson because I know Patterson wouldn't put his job on the line. Uh, but he did say, you know, my position isn't safe. I could get fired at any moment. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, ironically, well, two days later. I, I don't think, I, I think that that event that happened at Football Picante was kind of like the tipping point. Not so much mm-hmm. from like, you know, anything, uh, like, it, it, it just felt like from, as from like a PR standpoint for the team, it just looked terrible. Like, here you are saying you didn't say anything. You call one of the anchors a liar right on, right on, on TV. Oh, that's right. And then, so, you know, what, what the, the funny thing is, right? So he, he, what they're saying was that, they ask him, like, you said that uh, Tomas Boy was not the long-term solution for the team, right? And, and that he was never taking it into account as a long-term solution. So he says, I never said that. You're lying. Uh, he's like, I, I would never say that. And he, but even he's like, you're a liar. Um, he's like, if you have the footage, pull it up, right? So the show ends, right? And right as the show is about to end, Jose Luis is like, can we go longer? Because, you know, usually football picante can go, like, longer sometimes. Right. And they were like, no, because Sports Center is going to start. Right? So he asked for the show to go on longer. So, so he's like, I haven't completely finished Dick yeah, yeah, Mound yeah. Grave. He, he Give me a few more minutes. The show could have <laughs> the, the ended, and then it could have been, like, the next day they bring it up and, like, they correct him, right, when he's not there, which was would have been whatever. But... He asked for the show to be, uh, you know, longer, 
It doesn't. But then what they do is they do a football picante uh, little like insert into Sports Center. And when they go when they go to that, he's still there, and that's when they pull up the footage of him saying that Tomas Boy was never taken into consideration as a long term solution for the team. So he he just puts his heads down and he apologizes or whatever. So I mean, I think from a PR perspective, it looked terrible. It also looks terrible to your coach that you're yeah. sitting here saying that you know he wasn't the long term perspective that you that you wanted. And I think that, coupled with everything that had transpired the last two years, I think it was just the tipping point. So when Amaury came in, he was just like, you know what? We need to let you go. Yeah. At first, at first I was a little like, I didn't believe it. I thought maybe they were just shuffling him around. You know how? So it's a different role. But I guess I guess he is. He's he's no longer with uh, Grupo Guadalajara or whatever, Romney Life or. Primero que nada, hay que felicitar a Chivas porque ganaron bien. La neta, hay que dejarnos de tonterías. Yeah, they have the grupo OmniLife Chivas, but I completely agree with Rigo. I had, I had. Come on, uh, what kind of what kind of Chivas talk is this? <laughs> no, no, and you know, I had, I had, I had forgotten about that that little segment, um, and yeah, that. That just, that just is, you're starting, you're starting the new, the season, and and he's already said how he didn't trust the coach that's in place to, you know, and it's it it just leads to a lot of the the bad locker room that's been going on with the team. But so I would add to that, uh, I think there was also pressure from a lot of the sponsors because. Uh, I don't know if you guys seen in social media. There's been a lot of calls to boycott Chivas. Like, don't buy the shirt. Uh, don't go to the stadium. You know, all, all of this stuff, which is, I know it's been hurting sales. Uh, just, just at the start of the season, Chivas was showing the prices for tickets. They're pretty much sliced, uh, cut in half. Oh, they're super cheap. I was gonna, I was, I was thinking about. I thought they were the, the, Chiva, the, the, the Chiva Bono. The most uh, expensive tickets in the league. I make it like buy like buy a lot. They might be, mm-hmm. but I mean tickets, tickets are, are generally cheap in Me- in Mexico. Well, I understand that, but I mean I thought well, that even by well, I mean, like if usually like a ticket's like you know if you, to US you know comparable to US it's like like around ten bucks, but but Chivas tickets were like thirty bucks. I mean they were like I mean for for the most expensive section to get a ticket uh, for like a regular game, not like a classic or anything like that. Right. Seventy dollars. You know, for for a price like that, I mean, honestly, you should have you should have Vicente singing to you personally. I think you know, he, should be, <laughs> he, should, he should be in the he should be in that section. That kind of I mean, he should have that. He should just be there just to just to do that. So, so the most expensive one. So, if so, I go to a UT game. I haven't seen him in a while, but the last time I saw a ticket was like I mean. Five years ago, and those were hundred dollars. So I gotta think they're probably like 130, 140 bucks now. For who? For for UT for UT here for here in Austin. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And uh, so if the most so if the most expensive for for Chivas is still like seven. Now you went to I the. Got, one, I, I got some of the prices here. What you got? So, uh, but you got the bono. The bono like the bono is super cheap. I was gonna buy one. You were like, gonna buy one. Like how much is up? five? 
How much is 5,000 pesos? 5,000 pesos divided by 19. Well, divided by 20. Make, make, make the math a little easier. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, what is that, 100 bucks? 200, $250. Yeah. Oh, man. For That's for acts. This is semestral, they said. Yeah, for so the it, but but this is the Acron Premier. This is the, their that's top. The best, that's the best seat you yeah. could sit in. That's, oh, season ticket the whole you year. You got the Lazy Boy and you got a uh, a Polologa Yo, and and you know. Polologa. So, Rigo, are, are are the Yankees are the Yankees doing well right now? They are. They're in first place. All right, so they're in first place. I'm not saying that you would go to a game because I know I know that you're a Red Sox fan, but. I got to think that if if you wanted to go to go to a Yankee game right now, I'm guessing the minimum you would pay just for one game is around two fifty. I mean, it depends where you sit, but yeah, I mean, you can you you can probably get tickets for like sixty seventy dollars, like if you're like in the nosebleeds all the way up top, right? For one Yankee game, it's for one Yankee. So now you're saying for the whole Chivas season in the in 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 the in the in the super duper comfy in like the super duper comfy section. It's, okay, I I have the yearly I have the yearly uh, prices for the Chiva bonos, which they call the season tickets. So right. this is the annual one. Okay. So if you want the top of the line, Acron Premier, it's nine thousand six hundred and fifty pesos, but last season it was fifteen thousand. It's four hundred and eighty dollars. Essentially, for the whole yeah, season. But, yeah, but for imagine the cut from fifteen to nine. Yeah, I mean, you you could tell they're hurting, uh, and that's that's the whole thing. Uh, they rather lose money on the on the bono than having games with a half empty stadium. Uh, and then so you have the uh, Club Chivas six thousand I mean, uh, nine hundred and fifty pesos, and then. Uh, the cheapest one is Cabecera Superior or Chuperior, two thousand pesos. Season ticket. Yeah, two thousand two hundred eighty-five. bill. It's it's a hundred dollars for a season ticket. For yeah, for the, 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 but I mean that's a nice stadium. I don't think it's it's a bad seat. Yeah, that's that's. I think that's where I sat when I went to the final up there. Which is the uh, the seat? Uh, well, uh, Rodrigo, where you were having the 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 the, the ceviche? I was having tacos, was and that and that was uh, in the. You were at Jalisco, no? Weren't you at the Jalisco for that one? No, in the Jalisco, I was uh, where it was raining. Oh no! Wait, wait, wait! Where you where you got caught uh, caught caught on tape with uh, with the, with the fancy with the fancy michelada? I think it was. Oh, that was. Oh Jalisco. yeah, that was the Jalisco. Yeah. Yeah, but you didn't you pay like one twenty five for those seats? Yeah, one twenty-five. Or... So you have to pay the Atlas price. Yeah, well, it was a Clásico, so when the Clásicos they go up. Oh, right, I mean, right, I was right. I was like front row VIP. There's like, Moleros that go for that price. But I mean, like I went <laughs> right to go here in the U.S. Yeah, and you're not sitting. You're not sitting all the way in front in a VIP no. section. No. Um, when I went to go watch Leones Negros, um, at at Jalisco, it was like I think it was like fifty pesos or something like that. It was ridiculously cheap. Um, obviously, it's still in La Edición, so it's different. But right. uh, everything changed. I mean, when we went to go watch Chivas and Morelia, those were like $30 each. <laughs> uh, so, none as negros or a buck fifty. Less. And, 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 they were, it, it, was, it was super cheap. 
No, I was talking about pesos. Like oh, I know, pesos. I know, I know, I know. Um, but uh, I mean, like I said, I was gonna buy a two out one on myself. I was like, if I if I go to one game in the season, I've already got my money's worth. Yeah, because if I go, for, you could sell the other ones. Yeah, uh, if I go to a clásico and I don't get tickets, I gotta buy resale. I'm looking at like one fifty, two hundred. Depending on how the teams are doing, possibly on two fifty. Um, so that's why I was thinking of doing it. I'm like, it's worth it. But with, then they signed, then they signed Tomas Boy to a long term deal, and I was like, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> what if uh, what, 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 what if things uh, what if things start off start off? Right. I mean, I, I I do think when Tomas Boy took over that the team started playing better. They obviously didn't win, but they started playing better. Uh, and, and he is a big fan of my boy Chofi, so I mean, <laughs> I can only hope. I can only hope the team plays well. I mean, I just I feel like you know, as as a trophy chaser, that's really all you, all we all we can hope for. Yeah, is is, is I, that the coach likes him. His first big test is in. Uh, it's River Plate. Yeah, it's River Plate, which is what is it tomorrow or? Yeah, I think it's tomorrow. Yeah. Game? Yeah, because the team's in what San Diego. I think they arrived. You you can't arrive yesterday. Call a friendly a big test. Hey, it's against River Plate. It's a, a big team. I'm sure Armando will be in uh, attendance. Both of his yeah. teams. You know, I, I call it a big test just because of the pressure that's on the team to look good and and if you know if River Plate was to wipe the mat with them. Are, are you a River Plate it, guy, Jorge? No, I used to be. I used to way back when. Uh, yeah. I used to cover Argentine soccer, and I used to. Uh, I started following them when they had a. I don't know if you remember, El Beto Garcia Aspe went went to play with them on loan, and they had Enzo Francesco leave back then. Well, I remember Enzo for sure. Yeah, that was such a really good team, and I didn't get to see. Uh, they used to call him El Chavo. El Chavo Aspe. I didn't get to see him play just because, you know, the TV wasn't the same. Was that but, one of those deals where uh, they, they sent him to, to Argentina because they had football Argentino on on Televisa? Yeah, they were trying to they were trying to get uh, the rights, which is they tried a few years later with Luis Hernandez to Boca. Right. Uh, but but that just made me start paying attention, and and soon after. What happened was uh, Fox, you know, Fox at the Fox Sports Americas, and that early, that early Fox Sports, the majority of their programming was all TYC. From I think they're from is TYC from Argentina, the Torneos y Competencias. Yeah, it is. So it was it was pretty much all Argentine programming, but I got to see a lot of River Plate games. So I did. I remember I would. I would follow that team a lot, but once Libertadores came in, I knew eventual clash with Chivas or whatnot, so I had to like put them in the back burner. Yon. Wow. <laughs> so you, so you, uh, you recused, you recused yourself from from rooting for 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 River Plate when the Libertadores happened. Yeah, because you know. Uh, as, yeah, the con- you first, first, first and foremost, Chivas, man. Yeah, a conflict of interest. <laughs> that is, uh, you know, I have to admit that that is very ethical. I mean, you know, as a, you know, uh, you know, other other Chivas fans, I think would uh, 
would, would appreciate and, and respect that. So it must yeah. have been driving you crazy then when we had when we had our, our friend uh, Kim McConaughey tell you about oh yeah to do the, uh, the 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 big tour of the of the stadium yeah, step on the field step on the monumental field. de Nunez yeah they, they hand them a kiss kiss happened? kiss the Libertadores trophy and and then we said when you walk yeah, out Rigo, you let's tell Rigo because I don't think you were on here Rigo but a friend of Yon. So we have a, a, a Kim McConaughey, who is the color guy right now for the for the bold uh, uh, games that are on ESPN three. Uh, uh, he's an Argentinophile, I guess is the best way to describe him. Uh, was down in Argentina, he and his mom, and, and and somehow got. He never quite really explained to us how it was that they were even granted access to the people that he was meeting. But he ends up meeting with the president of River Plate at the time. I can't remember what the guy's name is. The guy gives he and his mom a personal tour of the monument of the, of the facility, the monumental, the stadium, the field, the locker room, the whole bit. And at the end of it, it says, "Well, you know, but you know, as you know, you you you're now leaving, but but understand that you are now a River Plate fan for you know, you're a member of the club, fan for life, blah 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 blah." So yeah, became, well, you get a you do get a membership card with your number. Yeah, so so you they do have actual socios. Coil, is there something yeah. you need to tell us? Huh? Is there something you need to tell us, Coil? No, no, that's right, I don't have right. one of those. Just check when uh, <laughs> just check when <laughs> when I went to down to Paraguay, uh, we were gonna go watch we were gonna fly to Buenos Aires to go watch River play play a Copa Libertadores game. Right. Um but it was just way too expensive. Way too expensive. You couldn't take for, a boat? No. because uh, it was gonna be like a same day type of thing, like fly oh, in the morning, right. watch the game. Were you where were, were you in Asuncion? I mean, I was in Asuncion, yeah. You could but have busted. I busted from Asuncion to Buenos Aires. But to make it the same day? Well, you have to go early in the morning. And then you would have to sleep over there. And then, yeah. But yeah, yeah. you make it the same day. But the return trip, yeah, obviously you weren't going to get one. No, yeah, we ended up we ended up going to watch Cerro Porteño play a, a Libertadores game, uh, but I really wanted to go to Buenos Aires. I'm, I I prefer Boca over River, um, but Boca wasn't playing that week. Only River, so I was like, I'm here. I might as well go watch a game. When when am I gonna come back? But uh, I later that later that night I, I watched like the the highlights and Monumental looked crazy like. The red flares everywhere. It just it looked amazing. Like I'm like I need to come back just to go watch River and then Boca. And I I, I don't want to go to uh, Classico and I'll die or something. But, <laughs> but uh, I forgot how we got to Argentinian soccer. Check from Chivas. Oh, because they're playing River playing and, and yeah, playing. friendly, friendly, friendly yeah. game. You right. Think, and then we, you, what, think, you think Almeida's gonna be there tomorrow? He, uh, Almeida is They're just, playing the Galaxy, so he's. They he think might. he's going to be in LA. The San Jose will be playing the Galaxy. Oh, they are. I think tomorrow, yeah. So I don't know, man. I don't know. No, they don't play yeah. tomorrow. Wait. No. No, you're right. They play at ten o'clock. Well, seven o'clock your time. Yeah, they're playing good. Uh, he has the team playing pretty good, and he has them in qualification. Yeah, they're in sixth place. Yeah. And that was oh, after man. a really slow start too, so that, yeah. that that's even more impressive. Well, he yeah. went he went four games without winning, and one yeah. of the last games was like a five zero goleada. 
Or you that had means, Mati so face palming. <laughs> that means that he, since then, has only lost once. Because they are 6, 4, and 6. Yeah, it, it could be difficult to bounce back from, from you know, that that type of, um, when you get that many bad results. Oh, yeah. It was one against, of them uh, being uh, a goleada. Uh, Los Angeles, LAFC. And he and he just picked up his boy Carlos Fierro. It, it did. I am I am a Fierro believer, but I think he's Carlos Teflon, because every time we think his career is over, this guy just bounces back, man. And I, I think, think uh, I, I think he'll do well in in uh, MLS. It'll help him get his confidence back. I mean, that's. He's one of his last chances. He's very. His game is very like based on like speed and physicality, uh, so I think I think that'll suit him. Plus, he already knows the, Mat- the Matias system. You know who I thought was who would maybe go there was was uh, Yair Pereira, because apparently uh, Chivas bought out his card, or he bought out his card, or something like that, or they so he was a free agent essentially. Um. So he was free to sign with whoever. So I, I was like, maybe, maybe he'll go play with Mati in in uh, San Diego. But he he just signed with Querétaro today. He did. Uh, well, I don't know what they're looking for. Maybe they they just needed strikers. So I I have to ask. Uh, you know, is 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 this Igera thing? Is is it a good thing for Chivasen or is it a bad thing? For me, it's a good thing. I I hated him. I hated him because with the fire much, of, a, of a thousand suns. Yes, <laughs> like there's like there's only like a, I mean no there isn't there's more than a lot of people but in sports wise it's like him, Jed York, the Forty Niners owner. So if you were Aria, they would be on your list. They would be on my list. Definitely be on my list. One and two. Um, just I've always thought he was a liar. I, I I always thought he was the type of guy to throw you under the bus because I saw him throw Matias under the bus, uh, and I hated that instead of making this team stronger when, you know, after we won, he was pretty much, you know, t- picking 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 the team apart and like selling players that were, you know, key pieces, so. Yes, I get it. The team has been has had financial issues, but there's just certain guys that you don't sell. One being Pizarro, you just you just don't. You right. know, that's not that's not everyday talent that you get, especially uh, at, a, at a team like Chivas. Yeah, but, but you know the the rumor is that Chivas never truly owned Pizarro, that they still owed money to Pachuca, so that they had to sell him to pay it off. And and I think that was part of the reason because uh, they were they were in heavy debt. So uh, to me, that was one of the big reasons why they had to keep selling players to just because they didn't want to be in in the in the red. And I think that and and if we look at Chihuahua's history, just going back, they never been able to hold on to a, a extremely competitive team for a long time. Any team as soon as it's gotten pretty big. They've sold off all the players 
and then uh, try to start all over again. So we saw it with Super Chivas way back in the early 90s. Oh, yeah, we saw it with the... Well, just really quick, uh, that's when the Promotora so was running the team, and they, they brought in all these... Oh, that's all that these, was the 80s team, right? No, no, no. Promotora yeah. came in in the 90, like 90, yeah, yeah, yeah. 94, 95. And that, they, that's when they called him Super Chivas because they, they opened the coin purse and they paid all this money to bring in like Misael Espinosa. It, it was the Liga MX version of Los Galacticos. Yeah, yeah, the Mexican. Oh, yeah, when but they got Mosillo and. No, no, no. no Mosillo didn't come to like 2000 something. This was like no, mid nineties. Pelais, 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 Pelais also two thousand. You're you're mixing the time zones. <laughs> you're going, uh, no, Pelais and Luis Garcia came in. Came the in the late nineties. Uh, the late nineties. They played. They played the ninety eight final. Oh, they came at the end. You're right. They came at the end of that though, because that's when when uh, Promotora was leaving. Yeah, they came at the end. You're wasn't, right. Uh, wasn't the, I stand corrected. The, the Super Chivas signings? It was. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah they, they brought him in. And he was and at the time, because like, he was a seleccionado. And at the time, he was one of the top prospects for he could have, Mexico. Yeah. So to bring him in was a big, it was a big coup. Uh, but yeah, and uh, also El Emperador. Right there, that's like, they almost the equivalent of signing in Rafa Marquez, you know, from Atlas. You say like this. this uh, the difference was they got him from Pumas, but yeah. But yeah, uh, get I'm, I'm happy that he's gone. I think uh, I think he wanted to be too much in the spotlight. I think he wanted he wanted. Oh yeah, he wanted all everything. all the credit for everything. Yeah. Didn't didn't accept any of the blame for and for all the blame. Yeah, and I think he was a detriment to the team. He was he was toxic, and that that toxicity, you know. It was transferred to ownership to the to the team itself to players, and it's it, it's hard to for an organization to run like that. When at the top, if you if all the way at the top you're toxic, it just trickles down. And at, at, as we've heard, I don't know if you guys heard to the she was a Northern podcast uh, when uh, the guys well, the guys that I podcast with they actually sat I, with you know they that sat with Tom. They sat with Tom Marshall, and Tom basically was telling him how Igueta had all the reporters in Guadalajara in his pocket. They burned so, their stories. Yep. <laughs> so. uh, no, no, that's true. I, I did actually, uh, I did listen to that. I did listen to that show because I know uh, two of those guys had gone to Max. They had gone to catch one of the games. And uh, they were talking about their trip. Yeah. yeah. So and, and, to, to the Chivas and Lotte podcast and like in like near fist fights. I mean, I would I would hope it would. No, <laughs> it's more like a giant love fest. Most of the time. That's so disappointing. I mean, what's, what's the point of talking Chivas if 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 you're not gonna if you're not gonna duke it out? I mean, the thing is, the thing is, we all have we all hate the same things equally. So. 
Hey, but you it's know, not like, it's not like when hey, I talk with Joel and Joel loves Higuera and I hate Higuera. It's not. It's I don't. Not like that. <laughs> That's fake news, man. No, the only one that loved Higuera, I think, was hey. uh, was Profe Camirayas. And when we say about the levels, uh, what level of hate are you in Higuera? He's blocked me from his Twitter. <laughs> he blocked me like years ago, like almost as soon as he came in, man. He blocked me. Um, no, yeah. I, well, he was I, he was he was brought in to, to destroy from within. Yeah, you get Because because he he was I mean he was in bed with the enemy probably you know because you, you don't you know you know being an America front office guy is is like being with the agency. It, it, you don't ever leave. You, it just you need to be. You you you'll get that call one night, Mister Black. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and you gotta go do what you gotta go. Uh, now you gotta play that X Files out clip. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. We're going into tinfoil territory. Let me see if I can find it. Hang on. I think it's right here. El America oh. man, es I, una mierda. I did it again. I did it again. I keep, <laughs> keep playing the wrong clip. I do that every week. It's just, it's, it's very, <laughs> it's very, uh, you know, you know, this is, this is, this is my only spy stuff. I have the, what I do have. Are a very particular set of skills. Anyway, so so a good move for Chivas, uh, and then then I'm so do, do we have confidence in 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 in, in Amaury, Amaury. or is he going to bring in somebody else? I think he brings. I mean, there's already been talk, but I think he's going to bring in somebody to handle the finances, somebody to handle the sports. So he's going to let professionals run his team. Yeah. The the big the big name is uh, Jorge Urdiales. Who, who was uh, he was one of the guys responsible for for Monterrey for the Rayados, right? The one that was um, under Buse that won all those turn campeonatos and and there's talk that he might come in to to uh, help with the finances because uh, they're saying that one of the things Chiwa wants to do is sell the so TV rights in the U.S. not just for English, but also I mean not just for Spanish, Spanish but, also, but English. also English. Yeah, and so that would be interesting if that does happen. Um, and he he had given an interview because I was I was I heard the rumors. I started digging around. Let me see what if there's any connection. Like why is he being named? And he had been in Guadalajara, well Puerto Vallarta, uh, October of last year. So he he uh, he was in a conference, like uh, like one of like those expos. Well, is is it Puerto Vallarta like the Hamptons of of, of Guadalajara? Uh, that Rigo would know with his Rigo. VIP passes and whatnot. It's, it's the it's the beach. It's the, the beach it, you go it's, to. It's the getaway. Yeah. It's the getaway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So and and he was interviewed and he was talking about like you know how Chihuahua shouldn't be struggling financially. How the team is, how the team is, um, making a big mistake by not letting people attend the training sessions, which it was something they said was the team uh, stopped doing a few months ago. Well, going back to 2018. Um, so he was giving all these, uh, you know, he, he was just giving his point of view that the, it's an informador. If you guys want to Google that. Uh, you could just put Jorge Ordiales Chivas, and that's pretty much 
you're going to have his, his whole interview, which is very interesting. I should so, have had it with me. So it, it's not going to be Mourinho then? It's not no, not, not yeah. Mourinho. But, so there's talk of that guy, so who knows? And there's talk of, uh... If Urdiales doesn't work out, is, is Mourinho second on the list? No, no, it's not. There's not that type of money. No. Uh, yeah, the other name which got dropped again was Nestor, oh. just to do the sporting side. So, Sporting's but I, I don't guy. know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know his his uh, also um his uh, what's his cousin Yayo de la Torre. He also his name has also been in the rumor mill. There's. There's too many of the La Torres involved in Mexican soccer. I think they just need to, need to have a... The, just, my, my, have only have thing, a... my only thing is uh, uh, what will Amaury do once when the team starts playing back? Can, can we'll, we call him Maury? Or are, we, are we allowed to call him Maury? I think we should call him Maury. I think we should too. <laughs> and uh, if he, is he going to react like... Uh, uh, Chala Iglesias from Club de Cuervos. <laughs> I mean, this is already true. This is already Club de Cuervos. Uh, but is he going to act like that and start, you know, firing people as soon as the team starts playing bad or the team is not doing well? Yeah, it's no. be an, an interesting. Uh, it's going to be an interesting experiment to see how he does react because if he, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe the, the lesson that, that that he's learned is, you know, maybe this long term thing actually works. So maybe let's. You know, so if if we'll we'll see what what school he belongs to. Like well, his, his, his he belongs to the movie school, Yon. Uh, if if you guys, yeah, uh, film school. Yeah, this guy, you could you could. Do they have a, 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 a Johan Cruyff course at the at, at the film school? <laughs> no, but, but sure. uh, he has he has like you could look up Amari in IMBD. And you'll see like all the stuff he's worked on. So that's, I'll say that's his passion with movies. So then why doesn't he bring in Chivo and, uh, and, and Gonzalez Iñárritu to run the team then? <laughs> Think of how beautiful no, the promotion is. No, no, he, he worked, if, he if worked with Guillermo or... del Toro on Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. But, but think of how know. beautiful the, uh, the, the spots would be if, if, if they brought in uh, Chivo uh, and uh, Gonzalez Iñárritu to, you know, to, to, to do the promotion for the, for the team. To, whoa, it isn't Yari to, uh, isn't he a Cruz Azul fan? Is he? Who did the Roma? Was he, um. That was a Cuaron. Ah, oh, never mind. Never mind. Yari to, I know one, one of the Yari to's, one of the Yari to's was with working with FMF. Yeah, he was the, 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 the Arbitros? Nacionales. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that happened, but. There you go. I don't know. You want I, I remember when they had him uh, when they were at the Preolimpico in uh, 2012, and uh, Gonzalez to the, the the FMF guy, had his brother in the in the luxury box, and his brother was just looked like he was at like just the greatest time in the world. He was just totally soaking it in. He's like, man, I'm at a soccer game, and you know, I mean, <laughs> he looked like he was like the biggest fan. It was it was great. It was uh, it, it, it was definitely a good look. Uh, for the oh man, no, I think I think right now Amari, he's like this old man when this old man took over. He didn't know about football. Uh, best he could do is surround himself with people that, you know, that know the business, uh, and and 
Because has has the phone has the phone rang from for, for either of y'all? Has, oh has, no, has, man, no. Has a Maori come calling, Rigo? No, not yet. No, not I'm yet. waiting. Okay. At least for his English for his English uh, speaking podcast. Sure. The official the official Chivas English speaking podcast. The official the, the Chivas yeah. del Norte. The official Chivas del Norte podcast. I mean, I, I, I hope he's smart with the with the business side, at least. Like, him going after, you know, not only Spanish, but English uh, broadcasts, I think, is smart. I mean, he should, like, try to reach out to ESPN Plus or something. Why? He should just reach out to, like, Fox. Or Fox. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, Fox. Um, I mean, they need, they need programming, and they could put it on English and Spanish. You know, Fox Deportes would make a killing if they had... And if you don't have Fox Deportes, well, guess what? You can watch it on FS1. You know, in English with uh, Rodolfo Landeros. And and our very own Jaime Landeros. That's right. That's right. They have the Landeros, the Landeros boys. He's on FS1? <laughs> no, he's not. Uh, <laughs> Rodolfo is. Uh, Rodolfo's on. Yeah, he's, he's a Fox talent. No, Rodolfo, yeah. Yeah. Not, uh, not, 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 not Jaime. No, Jaime takes pictures. He's uh... That's right. Yeah, he's a photo guy. So then, so then, I, so I, it sounds to me, and 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 I know that Joel hasn't quite gotten there yet, but it sounds to me, uh, Rodrigo, like you're a little, you're a little more bullish on uh, on Chivas' chances this season. I don't know. I uh, I think the team can play well. I just don't think we have uh, the depth to go long. To go into the season and make the playoffs. Although, well, I, although, I looking, although I was looking at the schedule and it, it's very it's very top heavy in, in the beginning or with all the good teams and then towards the end we play like Juarez and, and you know the the, so the so-called easier teams. So, yeah, and, and yeah. there's some accessible home games too. You know, Hoyle, I'm I'm impressed for someone who doesn't. Uh... Says they don't have time, or they just they just don't get into it. You sure do know a lot about Chivas. It cracks me up. I well, I mean, I still keep up with them, and I, I do my homework. Still, doing. Doesn't watch the games. <laughs> I just don't. I, I, I check the pregame. I he check the postgame. This is at the stat box. <laughs> Read the Twitter while it's happening. Yeah. I mean, depending depending on who you follow, it could be good. It could be bad. So so, what's going to happen to to Chivas fans if 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 uh, if, the, if the Godinez win the championship? If, if, well, if the Godinez kid that they, they just loaned the loan blows up, his crazy ten goals like JJ Macias. <laughs> I mean, is it? Uh, well, I, I know I know how how a certain group of fans would uh, would uh, would react to it. <laughs> but uh, I, mean, I mean, I don't understand why they didn't keep him. <laughs> I really don't. I don't think he was. He's like the most talented striker on the team. But I thought he, he you know, whenever he came in, he played well. Um, I, I just feel like under Cardoso, that that whole, the whole two, two uh, seasons under Cardoso, you just, you kind of got to throw him out the bag. Cause Did he play with one striker or with two? He played with. Two strikers, but it was more of like a one would sit behind the other. Oh, okay, like a withdrawn striker. Yeah. 
Did Chivas, you... have, did Chivas have the players to run that? Did they or, or do they now? Did they? Uh, they did, but just the way the team was lined up, you, there was always that big gap between the because he played a four four two. So in the middle, the well, it was it was a four four one one. In the middle, the two center back, the two midfielders were like defensive. So there was always that big gap missing in between the two midfielders and the right. the, the the striker that was behind. Which was always Pulido. Uh, and just, there just wasn't enough in the midfield. Um, that's why I thought they should have switched formation, but he just kept going, same thing every week. Um, so I, I do like what I've seen with, with Tomas Boy. At least the changes that he has made have been better. Uh, but I, I have no idea what's going to happen now if you have Pulido, Orbelin, I mean, Orbelin, Oribe, and. Uh, Alexis Vega. Like I, I have no idea who's who's gonna play. I mean, I guess competition creates, uh, you know, the, the 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 cream rise to the top. But again, I, I just don't. I just don't think the team has the depth, at least in the midfield or in on defense, to uh, for those late season runs. So I'm I'm not uh, listening because it's on, but. Uh... I'm watching Unision Deportes. Tomas Boy is talking about his preseason and the little graphic they had, the little quote about what he said about Oribe. says, Oribe tiene un liderazgo ejemplar. So. Yes, agreed. Agreed 100%. So, right off the bat, that's uh, uh, a big positive for Chivas and that the, you know. You know, I'm not against the Oribe thing because he's an Americanista. I was against the Oribe thing because he's just. 35 years old. Who cares? And But my thing was that this team needed defense. Rigo, oh. one day you're going to be 35. I am. Th- man, that's next month I'm going to be 35. You're not going to feel the same way, mate. I, I already don't feel <laughs> the same way. You're going to go somewhere and you'll be like, Rigo's 32 old. What are you doing in this high school party? <laughs> I went to go play the other day and I had to stop with like 10 you... minutes left because I was in pain. Um... What position did you play? Normally, when I go play pickup, I'll play like uh, like left wing. Because uh, I'm not normally an offensive player, so I just I'm playing pickup. So I'm like whatever. But when I normally play, I play center back or like left back or right back. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, I have a I have Achilles tendonitis, and uh, I was good for about forty minutes, and then. In the last ten minutes, I was just in pain, so I went to the sideline. Achilles tendonitis that I that I acquired celebrating the Rafa's goal when they <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which one? I wish I was kidding. In in in, in Leipzig, in, uh, was it Leipzig or Dresden? No, it was Leipzig in, in, in Germany. Oh, the, against Argentina. Yeah, I, I jumped. I was jumping <clears throat> so much that that I I hurt my I hurt my Achilles. But uh, but yeah, that's my that's my biggest gripe. But I just felt like we need like, I what pissed me off about letting Pereira go was that we that's a position of need for the team when we have a, a starting center back that's not in the game because of a red card or an injury, it's severely evident on the field, and it's like we're playing a man down because the replacements are that bad. 
uh, which but, but, I'm, talking, um, I'm, I'm talking about Marine and Basulto. They're just terrible. But if it's uh, true that the fans, not the fans, that the players ask for yeah. for Pereira to be taken out, then it's, you know, there's not much you could do then, at that point. It, it, it also goes to the whole Jose Luis Higuera controlling the media in Guadalajara. It's just, yeah. like, there's just like, there's like, you have to believe like half of what you hear. Uh, but I mean, if they bring, if they, if they do bring, if they do bring Pollo Briseño, then great. You know, that's, that's three good center backs. Um, but if they don't, then I, I feel like we're, we're still not, uh, complete. We also don't have a left back. Our right back situation yeah. isn't great. Um, those I thought were areas of concern the team really needed. And, uh, I mean, obviously you need to score goals too. Yeah. <laughs> Maori did say that. They were still looking to get at least two more players. But I think that's where, when you have someone that that's good at negotiating, uh, I think that's where they play a key role when they could they could make those deals and find those players for you. Because uh, I don't think Higuera was ever that guy, even though he did bring good players, but he didn't pay in the iron price. He was never able to, which is one of the things I liked about Nestor. He didn't have to break the piggy bank. You know, when he built the squad, he didn't spend that much money bringing in players like Pereira and Alanis and Ibrahim. Well, so had the budget, though, he would absolutely break the bank. Break the bank. He just didn't have we, the budget. Oh. Nestor. No, but even even when you go back to when Chivas was doing good and they brought like Bofo and Carmona, you know, they never, they never went to that. Chivas ended up paying the. You know, cause, cause under Higuera, when, when he built that team that ended up winning the doblete and the other cups, they were at like 60 million. They were like the third, they had like the third highest, uh, the third most expensive squad. So um, he was basically building a team with somebody else's money. <laughs> well, borrowed. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they were putting. They, you know, I don't know what they were putting up, you know. Right. Or, but yeah, that was that was one of the that was the thing about Higuera. He would bring players, but he was he was just paying a lot of money for them. Even like Gullit, he was just paying a lot. Uh, Group of Pachuca seems to have just taken him to the bank a few times, took him to the cleaners, and uh, and now. You know, and then Rigo, now that's something that I haven't heard, but now that he got us gone, because uh, he was the main guy negotiating with Grupo Pachuca, we have to wonder if if um, if the J.J. Mack deal goes through. But didn't, and, and, didn't uh, wasn't the relationship soured after the whole uh, World Cup thing? No, I mean, they just, you talk about León and Guadalajara? Grupo Pachuca. Oh, no, it, but that's with uh, with with Fremex Futo, isn't it? Not with Guadalajara. No, so well, uh, supposedly Guadalajara was going to be the, the 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 deciding vote. Oh, for the TV the TV rights, yeah, and and supposedly Grupo Pachuca had already gotten the yes from Guadalajara, and you know, last minute, I guess Guadalajara made a deal with Televisa and. They backed. What, what Televisa, Televisa showed, Televisa kind of had 
she was by the balls. They were like uh, <clears throat> some negotiating deals with Chivas had to renegotiate and sign with. They ended up giving a free the free television rights to Televisa for uh, signing with Teva Azteca. They they renewed with UDN and then they were like, and and now we're gonna show your games but for free. So yeah, they pretty much, but they did it to Televisa did it to Grupo Pachuca too when they were they were starting to expose, uh, you know, some of the shady dealings with the with um, the government for land, Grand Lands. Uh, am I saying it right, Yon? Land Grant. Yes, and uh, other stuff like that. So those guys had to be like bent the knee and be like, okay, uh, I guess you could keep showing. <laughs> You could keep the contract for the next four years or eight years, I think it is. Um, <clears throat> I, I, yeah, I do think it's soured a bit, but you still saw some, some, uh, some deals happen, which was. And they saw deals happen with Leon, yeah, and they decided Godinez go to Leon too. So there's, they're still talking. The question is, is with, with this guy, you get a gone, I mean, is that, was he the main point of contact here or was there, or there, is that relationship going to continue? Because it seems to be pretty reasonable for both. Well, you know, I'm not sure why they keep blowing out all these promising players and then have them blow up elsewhere. But so here's my so if that happens, aren't you supposed to bring the guy back off loan? Yeah, yeah. Macias. So, so why is it Macias? Macias, 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 Macias. It, was a, it was a one year loan. Yeah, one year loan. And, it, it's a one-year loan with an option to buy, and the to option me the, to is... Me, to me, the Macias thing was a combination of, of uh, Higuera and, and and Cardoso. Cardoso didn't like him. I mean, obviously, there were some issues in the locker room, but Cardoso didn't like him. But I heard that it was, like, the the teammates that, that pretty much conditioned Cardoso to get rid of him. Kind of the same with I mean, Boy was... and, and Jair. <clears throat> Yeah, maybe the player just didn't want him around. Maybe it was too much of a too much of a yeah, because they said there was a couple of guys and especially uh, guys that were that were um, influential that were like, "Hey, we don't like this dude." And and then the the there was the story on Cota, so because Cota knew him, and supposedly he told he told the people in Leon like. Yeah, this dude could come off as being conceited or, or, you know, bien fresa, but he's, he's talented and if we could, if we help him out. You, you, you say, you, you say bien fresa like that, like that's a problem. I don't, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't have a problem. I'm just right, paraphrasing right. it. Alright. <laughs> Does that hit close to home, Yon? <laughs> Um, yes. <laughs> so, so that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's the difficult thing with Chivas where it's like so much fuckery going on. It's hard to pinpoint where exactly the problem is, you know, with, with a lot of like these bad dealings. Like it's, it's, it's just difficult because it's been too many people there. Uh, so if, if Chivas was Westeros, who who just got axed? With with with, with the with hand of the king. 
<laughs> it would be like a little finger. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Uh, Little finger. little finger when he was uh... see now we're not really the Lannisters because Lannisters are evil and they always pay their debt right um... she with the Starks they always well, I, mean, I mean I'm asking I mean they have, Chivas, they have the Chivas organization I'm not saying Chivas are the I'm saying the organization was yeah. Lannisters so I guess the, the Vergaras would be the Starks See, La, 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 La Chofis is uh, is Daenerys. We, we haven't seen him go crazy yet. <laughs> it's uh, uh, it's definitely you know I did find it interesting. I know that people had a a big bitch about the riding with Game of Thrones, but I did find it interesting that that, that that after all the crap, it ended up being Sansa that got that got everything she wanted. I mean, I felt like she she was the one that played the game. Exactly. At the end, they played the game the best. Right. I was surprised that she didn't. She didn't uh, try to go for the Iron Throne herself. Like stand up and be like, you know what? I'll be the. I'll be the queen of the Seven Kingdoms. I was also surprised that absolutely nobody in that little council they had brought up the fact that Jon Snow was the rightful heir to the throne. Not a, not a single person. And that goes back to the bad writing. So. Did I lose you guys? No, no. You, 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 um, made, you, you actually just blew my mind, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I was like, I was waiting for somebody to be like, you know, well, John is the son of the... Well, I think the reason that the reason that it didn't come up was that Grey Worm was about to go medieval on all of them if if, if he doesn't if he didn't get. Uh... I mean, I I also think like once Grey Worm leaves, like you can just tell John to stay, right? And then like, what's Grey Worm going to do? Turn around and like now they have the city and like they have control of the city. There's no way they're gonna they're gonna attack King's Landing if the Seven Kingdoms are, you know, unified. Uh, there's just a lot of plot holes. I mean, I, I I'm I'm sure that the ending that George is gonna give us is Bran as the king. I just feel like w- the way he gets there is gonna be a lot different than the way we got here. Uh, I also I I saw an interview with Miguel Sapochnik about how in uh, the battle for Winterfell he wanted to kill off half of the pretty much half of the uh the cast of the cast in the first 10 minutes right and there was also going to be a dire wolf like a, a pack of dire wolves were going to fight the undead dragon right uh and Dan and Dave pretty much nixed it they were like no we're doing it this way which i mean i think well i have to admit my the the, the biggest bitch i had about the whole show was that they didn't end with that because they started with it. Yeah. It made so much more sense to end it that way. But Wait, part of me thought that what was going to happen was they were going to lose the Battle of Winterfell and a lot of them were going to die, but they were going to, because Winterfell had like tunnels, they were going to escape 
and they were going to head down to King's Landing, and the major battle with the Night's King was going to be in King's Landing. Um, and at the same time, the power plays would happen. There. <laughs> um, but it didn't happen. I just, the, the, I mean, I, there was just so much stuff that I felt it could have been done so much better. Right. Well, you know, a lot of times in the show, I mean, I mean, other people want to point fingers at the two guys, but a lot of times when you see stuff, especially when when shows kind of outlast their welcome. But you I know, felt like I, this one had it. I felt like this was one of those shows that had not. I felt like they they didn't want it to. They, I felt like Dan and Dave did. I mean, obviously they got the Disney contract for Star Wars, but I also felt like they didn't want to go into like a Walking Dead type of thing where it's like, okay, you know, wrap it up. I felt like here, like they were trying to wrap it up too quickly, and there was still so much time. There was still so much story to tell. Right. And uh, and uh, see, here's here's what you do is 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 that you leave the audience hanging. And then you do a movie down the road. Exactly. Yeah, like I think Deadwood is doing that now. Well, Deadwood, are, they already did their movie. It was, it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I never watched that show, but it's a great show. How, uh, how do we get to Game of Thrones? I don't know. No, we're I, I, Game of Thrones. And we're enjoying the talk. <laughs> we're enjoying the talk. Was, uh, <laughs> we just went from uh, if, if Chivas were Westeros, who was? Uh, oh, that's the, right. Well, my call, my yeah. My you my phone powered off at that point. You said you said Littlefinger, is what you yeah, said. Yeah, seemed oh, like man. one of those scheming guys. You don't think uh, you don't think he's gonna get far, and then he, he does end up getting far because he he to his credit he wanted see I see he him wanted to his, own a team. Huh? You want Greyjoy? It's who I saw, I saw him as. You're no, on? but but you're on, yeah. Actually, but I, I mean, like he, the analogy that Boyle is making right now. Oh. Yeah, well, because you know, I, we haven't, you know, that's not the last of him, you know, and and he he had been he also trying. Yeah, exactly. That's that's uh, he was trying to get into football, and he he owned he owned uh, Jawares for one day. The deal fell through, and then he he came close to owning Querétaro. His cousin, and I forget his name. His cousin was a president for a time, and um. So he was just trying and trying, and he he bought um. Damn, I always forget the name. Uh, what is the team he owned? Um, Colibri? No, not not Colibri. It's, um, oh, Tepic. Coras de Tepic. Coras de Exact. Yeah, that's the that's the team he ended Which up became buying. Zacatepec. Yeah, they bought the franchise. Indirect, but I mean, Michel never never clarified how it happened. He's like, it, well, that's a funny some, story. It didn't tell the story. <laughs> but but you know, he, it shows like improvement on his part because it's a big it's a big uh, difference from Coras to to Zacatepec, which is just more history and whatnot. I am and, I am waiting for the day when Zacatepec can come back, so we can all go down and watch a game there, and then and then go hang at Tequesquitengo for the for the for the rest of the weekend. Yeah, and and yeah, they're and they're one of the teams, and he's he's the owner, well, half owner, I believe. So I do think we might see Guerra. I don't think that's the last of him. I think he'll 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 find a way to pop back up somewhere. 
So if, if Nestor then joins Chivas, would that be what his like fifth or sixth or seventh or eighth or ninth? What what etapa? He's 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 becoming uh, the the cabezon, the cabezon luna of uh, of of Chivas. No, uh, he was he was a player, and then as GM, so, it would be his third. So it'd be etapa one was a player. Was he ever a, an assistant coach or anything? Not that I remember. An this is a bit before my time. I know Chepo was assistant, but uh, I don't know much about Nestor. Where is Chepo these days? He, he was he on the other day. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. right. He, he and Ugo were, were talking, right? Yeah, well, hey, Rigo, did you see how they kept hinting that he had all money? <laughs> that he had no money? Old no, money. that he had money. He had good oh. money. It was yeah, like, yeah. you could just buy this. And he was just, Nestor was like, yeah, he was just, you know. Seem seem uncomfortable. I don't think Nestor has anything to worry about. No, his I, last. I, I think Nestor could have not gotten the coaching. I think he would have been just fine. His his uh, just from when he got kicked out of Chivas, his payout was like over three million. They're dead that, for Chivas, right? And that's on top of his payout from from Selección. So uh, what what is the deal, Rigo, with uh, with 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 the Red Sox and the Yankees playing in London? I have no idea. I was I was watching. I think I'm like, where are they going to play? Are they playing in a soccer stadium? They're playing in West Ham Stadium. That sounds like a terrible idea. They're going to mess up the pitch. Yeah, well, they already have. I mean, it's got a big dirt thing in the middle. I mean, at the very least, if you're, you're going to do that, just do like the little squares of the of the dirt, not the whole. And just, just leave the grass. Who yeah. was the team that used to just have the grass back in the day? Wasn't there a team that just had the grass? No, uh, no dirt. Uh, not that I remember. remember. I mean, I they used to have an astroturf. When on the astroturf fields, it was just it was just the little instead of the whole thing. It was the uh, whole infield was dirt. It was just around the bases. That was it. So I mean, a lot a lot of stadiums had that back in the day. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't know why they're. Uh... They're reaching out to London. They should have done it like in, in like Central America or like exactly. Mexico where, where or something. In like the Dominican Republic or in San Juan. Yeah, or, you know places that we would actually want to want people to see. That, people that love baseball. You know what I've never understood about about the professional baseball. You know they have the Serie del Caribe. Yeah. Which is why doesn't the Major League champion play in that? I don't know. They do like why why don't they do like a Champions League? For for base, I mean, how cool maybe would that? It's, maybe it's in their collective bargaining. It's in the winter, isn't it? Yeah, but how cool would that be? It would. Well, they, don't they do the World Series? The World World Series. That's, well, they but that that's like quote unquote national teams. They do that every four four or five years. I forget how, but 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 I'm you know for for club teams, why don't I mean? And yeah, that like but, like. But yeah, I, I just go ahead. I don't know. I know. I, I, I was gonna. Say, same time, don't some of those players also play in, uh, like, don't don't the, the Caribbean teams pick up pick up players from the major leagues to play with them? Or say the Caribe? Well, sure, but I'm, I'm talking about one team. Well, I mean, then you know the yeah. player has a choice. I mean, they believe me, there are plenty of Dominicans to go around for 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 for, for all for all the, the you know and, and Puerto Ricans and and Mexicans, etc. So, I, I just think it, I, I think it'd be a really really cool, uh, yeah, like. And I think it would be, be a great way to catch someone's attention, like in February, you know. Like or they're what? pandering to, to to England and 
exactly. even care. Exactly. When you you have you have a you know the baseball is so desperate. I mean the, the the market for baseball I have to think has just been has fallen off so much over the past what ten fifteen years. Yeah, I mean and it's kind of like uh, what they do for football here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at least at least the at least NFL goes to Mexico. And I think they're going to Canada soon, aren't they? I thought I heard them say they're going to Canada soon. Uh, well, they've played in Toronto because Buffalo uh, is right there. Yeah, it's right there. So I know that, that Buffalo's played in Toronto a few times. Well, that's the other thing. Is like, how on earth could could they could they play NFL games in Mexico and not send the Cowboys or the Steelers? Exactly. Well, they sent the Raiders a couple times, but I mean, if this, you know, what they should do is is play Cowboys Steelers in Mexico City. Yeah, that would be phenomenal. I mean, it, it does get packed out anyways, but uh, those are the two biggest teams in Mexico with the yeah. biggest fan bases. But uh, I gotta hop off that. It's one a.m. on the East Coast. Oof. Good lord. Good lord. Yes. That uh, we haven't gone on for a while. All right, well, Rodrigo, it's a great uh, talking to you. We'll uh, so you so the last quickly before you go, Mexico, uh, Costa Rica, Mexico win. Yeah, three one. Three one. Yeah. Rodrigo, we write, we'll write that down. Rodrigo says three one. Joel, probably time for us to for us to hop off here on the Cantina Mexico podcast. Uh, your uh, your prediction, Mexico. I'm, Mexico. I'm a copy. I'm a copy, Rodrigo. Three one. Three one. Yes, sir. I am going to go uh, with a Mexico win, but I think it's going to be 4-2. I think it's going to be – we're going to start seeing the, uh, the the Raul Jimenez show is going to start uh, – it's going to start against Costa Rica because uh, I think that his that his, his his play is going to become a little – the, the focus on him is going to be a little bit more uh, – it's going to be a little bit more – Intense, I think, and he's going to be the one who makes things happen for Mexico. So I do think it's going to be four two. We've had a couple of guys fall off, so a good opportunity for me to uh, say good night. We do appreciate y'all who have stuck around with us, listening to you here on the Cantina Makes podcast. Went over a lot of things tonight. It was a, a bit of an interesting show. Uh, my name is John Jagu for Juan Aceves and for Rodrigo Ayala. I will uh, talk to you guys next week. We have a lot of stuff to talk about next week as well. Thanks very much for listening. Bye-bye.